Hello and welcome back to the Webheads Comic Club podcast. This is, of course, our podcast where we are reading every single issue of The Amazing Spider-Man and discussing it here for you beautiful people. My name is DA. I am joined by my co-host, JP. And we are here after a long hiatus. You guys already know it was entirely my fault that we were gone for, what, three months now? Yeah, it's been a while. This is a weekly podcast that hasn't posted an episode in three months. Uh, reason why is the health issues I've been having the whole year. You've heard it in the episodes. You know, it, it, this is old news. Don't need to bring it up again. But um, I've pretty much gotten to the point now where I was like, basically, we either start the podcast again now or we're just not going to do it for like half a year. And we both really missed doing it. So we decided right, yeah, to did. bring it back. We can make it a once every year podcast. Yeah, once annual. Uh, it'll annual only podcast. take us, uh, you know. A few hundred years to finish the couple whole centuries. Yeah, yeah, the whole the whole run. I did the math the other day and I already forgot, but I think it was like if we did weekly episodes, it would take three and a half years to get to issue nine hundred. I feel like that's not that bad. It's not that bad, but that is a lot when you when you think of it that way. I'm gonna tell you once we get to the later issues, it's not gonna be five issues. It's gonna be we're gonna be doing storyline by storyline. I feel like because yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it, it might be actually shorter. If we would could to be do, shorter, would could do, be longer. It depends. Could be longer as well. Because some storylines are six issues, some storylines are four issues. Once we get into and, the tie-ins uh, with the other series, yeah, you that's, know, that's we got a whole lot of time ahead of us. So that's gonna be a mess. Jump along for the ride, guys. If you're not mm-hmm. already subscribed, if you're not already following on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, what are you doing? Right. I mean, honestly, get yourself together. Get yourself together. But um. How's uh before we dive into the books this week? How's uh how's life been the last few months? You the internet hasn't really heard from you since the last episode of Web. Right, I've been so. sitting in this chair waiting for you to call me. Okay. okay. So you must finally call me. I I've switched. All I would have been doing is switching up my room again uh, every two days. So we're in a new background, a new place, same room again as you can see with the blue walls. Everything switched around. I'm sure next week it will be in a totally different spot as well. So stay tuned for that. That's a uh, ongoing. See, I, I have a theory that I think that when we started this podcast, you actually bought a green screen, and each different background is actually just like I kind of look like I'm a guy green, green screened screen. in. Like I think you're you're faking it. You do if you move that couch, you could do like a blue screen. I mean that that's possible. I could, I could. Yeah, I, it kind of I kind of looks like I'm. It does. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm a little suspicious to be honest with you, but. Where we? What do you think I am? I don't know, but I'm just like you're like oh, I'm gonna change up my scenery like every episode because you you've had a different background i think almost every next episode. week i'm underwater <laughs> i'm in a fish tank yeah one of these days you should just show up with a green screen and be like be in space. <laughs> or like in jj's office like a panel i'm in i'm in the room you're in you're just yeah so come to visit me and then <laughs> we'll film an episode where you're actually just sitting behind me but we don't right. acknowledge it the entire time that'd be great that'd be actually amazing yeah we'll do that we'll do that uh but yeah. now we've now we've set it on on air so i don't think that we can really surprise i'll never forget yeah we'll do on issue uh 753 and then uh or like we'll, we'll we'll record an episode where you're there and i'm here and the entire time we're talking but at some point during the episode you just like walk through the background of my shot like while yeah. you're talking there we'll do That's it we'll do it but Listen. um we can go ahead and dive into the books this week uh uh-huh. i this is a slight change i think last episode i said we were doing 30 through 34 this episode we're actually doing 30 through 33 that seemed like a better uh, way to break it up. So we have a big storyline um, in these three issues. 
um, with kind of a, a random 30 thrown in there. Um, but we can just dive right into this thing. So do you want to do a – which issue do you want to do a summary of, 30 and 32, or do you want 31 and 33? If we're all And a summary, let's see. I'll do – 32 and 33 probably because like i said i read 30 back when we were supposed to do the podcast and i just flipped through it today so my summary would probably be okay so i'll do 30 and, stellar and, and 31 all right so amazing Spider-Man 30 uh um i read this a few days ago i read it earlier this week when we decided we were going to record this today um so this might not be the best summary but basically the story follows uh spider-man um, trying to make some money, um, and the cat burglar, uh, or as he later becomes known, the cat, um, breaking into some, uh, buildings. He breaks into J. Jonah Jameson's home, uh, steals some of his stocks and bonds, which I thought was a little outdated of a, uh, a thing to happen, but, um, so Spider-Man ends up fighting his henchmen, uh, he goes and basically gloats to JJ saying that he's going to catch the cat burglar and get the reward money because he wants money. Um, and so he goes searching for the cat burglar throughout the episode. Um, and this also features kind of the end of Betty Brant and Peter. It seems like they're pretty much over, uh, which I was glad to see. Um, but ultimately he catches the cat burglar or rather the police catch the cat burglar. Um, so he does not get the reward money and JJ gets his victory that he so rightly deserves. Course. Um, but that's pretty much the uh, the quick summary. Uh, thoughts? Um, well, first and foremost, first, uh, Water Tower cover. Finally, after 30 issues, the Water Towers are a main character in the first 29 issues. Finally, we get we get them on the cover. So First cover appearance good. of the Water Tower. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, get, them, get them now because they're going to go up. They're going to go up. Yeah. Um, I mean, knowing Sony, they'll probably make They're a water, a water tower movie. I think there was, um, there might have actually been a water tower in the new Spider-Man movie. I, I, like, I was like, you know, I did hear that before they greenlit El Muerto, they actually were considering water tower, the movie. Um, um the water towers have been in countless more comics than, than he has. So. It was, it was a short list. It was water tower, the movie, big wheel and El Muerto. And they decided to go with El Muerto. So Morbius too, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's more. About I, I'm. I'm actually really. I'm really scared that everybody making fun of it so much is going to get them a second movie. I. I have seen that on Twitter. People are memeing it so much that I saw someone. They were like, <laughs> they were like guys, we have to stop. They're going to think we like this <laughs> movie. I'm like, oh. um, I still haven't seen it. I'm going to see it at some point, but I'm not. it's. It's so funny. I'm not. I'm not giving them my money. Uh, but uh, uh, one thing. No, but... Continue. You. You were. You were. I think you were in the middle of a thought. My actual thoughts in the book, um, mm-hmm. from my notes here, when I, I wrote months ago, um, it was a very realistic story in terms of, like, very grounded. You know, there wasn't really anything super crazy in terms of villains or anything. It was pretty much a cat burglar, and he was pretty much good at what he did. So it was very grounded, very... Um, yeah, like very street level. Very street level, um, yeah. Which, I mean, Superman... Uh, not Superman, jeez. Spider-Man Superman. Uh, definitely has some, like, grandiose villains and things where he's saving the world, but it is nice to see him just, like, catching a burglar. Yeah, it's his day-to-day. What does his day-to-day look like? Yeah, exactly. That's why it did kind of feel like a filler issue. Like, they were just kind of bridging the gap between 28 now, and 30. Now, I'm just looking here. So are these or the same henchmen from... The next couple issues? Yes, and I was going to point that out. I noticed, because I saw them in this issue, they have the, like, purple outfits. 
Right. Um, and then the next few issues, they end up being henchmen for the master planner, whoever that is. Um, that is a crazy name. And I noticed that as well, which is weird because it doesn't seem like there's a connection between them. Like these henchmen seemingly work for the cat burglar. Um, and then they work for the master planner. So I don't know if Steve Ditko just got lazy with his art and was like, ah, oh, they're goons. They wear the same outfit or whatever, but. That or it's unsaid that the master planner took him, took him under his wing. Maybe after, yeah, after the cat got busted. Um, could say that. So that, that's a little interesting continuity yeah. between, uh, one thing that I wanted to point out, which I don't know if you noticed this on page five, the bottom panels. Spider-Man's mask has the creepiest smile on it I have ever seen in a comic book. Holy. It's when JJ is imagining Spider-Man gloating about making a bunch of money, and Steve Ditko drew pupils into the eyes of his mask, and he put a big smile on his face. And that is nightmare. I'll put a, I'll, if I remember, I'll put a picture up on the video on YouTube. It's, it's horrifying. That's going to be a, uh, a multiverse Spider-Man, right? <laughs> Oh no! I'm surprised that didn't show up in like Spider Verse or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that terrible. is, I I don't know how I didn't notice that. Maybe I did. Again, it's long. I I was just reading and I saw it incredible. and I got scared. I mean, it's actually terrifying. That is insane. I can tell you. And the next big takeaway, the next. Imagine if he looked like that. What? Imagine if he looked like that, just generally. That's what I'm saying. Like it's horrifying. I'm like, geez, that's what JJ sees Spider-Man as. Like that's terrible. No wonder he hates him. Also, I think it's in, around these same pages that uh, JJ threatens to off himself, which is interesting. Oh, I did. Yeah, he says, "Oh, I'll have to kill myself," and I was like, "Well, that you can't say that anymore." Yeah, he's gonna get canceled or something. That's a little. Not even that. Well, just... I mean, it. It's a little less bad. It's worse if you're telling someone to. It's a little less bad if you're saying, I'm going to. He still, like, generally shouldn't joke about it, but, like, maybe he's serious, you know? Like, I mean, it was the 60s. Come on. They got, they've, they've done worse. Let's put it that way. They did. Um, speaking of doing worse, it was actually immediately after that that Flash is completely stalking Liz Allen. Right. Right. Com again. Completely stalking her. Yeah. There was some, uh, some interesting things with relationships in this, in the, in this whole story arc. I guess that you can kind of says starts with issue 30 if the henchmen are the same. But, uh, yeah, straight up stalking. Yeah, no, like, Flash is like, hey, or, uh, Liz is like, hey, Peter, Flash is following me. Can you distract him so I can get away? And it's, you know, no one sees that as a red flag. They're just like, ah, Flash, he's so determined. It was the 60s, <laughs> man. Come on. It'd be like that, man. It's just how it was. Yeah, 100%. Totally, totally normal behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and then Peter and Flash basically just fight. Peter knocks him the heck out. Um, but I, I thought that was interesting. Is, He's straight up stalking Liz. I like how he actually knocked him out with it. I think he said like a, a, a slight tap. I tapped him just gently enough to keep him quiet for a few minutes. Yep, yep, okay. yep, yep. Also, I don't know, was it in this issue that um, Boswell is revealed? Or was it a different issue? Um, to be patch. To be patch, yeah. That was, was that, a, that the, was last episode. That was in the the goblin issues. Yeah, yeah. Or it was whatever. not not like no characters know it, but the reader knows it. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, because Foswell in this issue again, it's a long time ago. Is he getting word of all this stuff going around the cat burglar because of patch? Yeah. Yeah. 
so we see in the in this whole episode all the issues we read this week like a lot of um Foswell using his identity as patch to get information and working with spider-man and getting stories and stuff like that so i imagine that's going to come to some kind of a climax i honestly have no idea what happens so i'm actually excited as a reader because this is a bit of spider-man history that i didn't know um so that'll be interesting to see but i wonder where he is in the uh in the current comics maybe he dies maybe he dies we don't know haven't got there yet yeah happening they've killed off some criminals so far so yeah um but the burglar uh, gets to be revealed as Cletus Cassidy. No, I'm kidding. But this guy is a straight up redhead. I mean, that's that's orange. That's orange uh, ink. Where? What? Uh, what page? Uh, for me, it's eight hundred and seventy. But I feel like uh, uh, yeah, it's probably less. Not for you. quite. Well, the art has page number. Oh, I see it. I see. Yeah, yeah. He does. Oh yeah, thirteen. Hair. The art says it's thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he definitely has the red hair. It's actually. It looks more like uh, uh, Cletus Cassidy in the movie. It does, yeah. When they like, cast yeah, an old actor to play a you know young character, but it's fine. Yeah, they messed that up. Um, I'm not bitter. It's okay. Uh, the biggest takeaway, I think, um, and I have a couple really good panels of art that I want to point out, but aside from that, uh, I think the main takeaway of this issue was Betty and Peter seemingly being the end of them. Like, the very last panel is them walking away and there's like a spectral spider-man going like this between them which first of all that's awesome art love that panel um but it see like when i read this because we've been talking about like when is peter and betty gonna stop being a thing because we know that it doesn't really last um and when i read this issue i was like okay this is the end and then it kind of isn't but it is you know how old are they supposed to be well in college right so what are they like 18 ish yeah yeah I mean, they're horrible at this whole thing. I mean, I, I get it. Peter Peter's pretty much saying, but he's saying, listen, I know Peter has a secret and he won't tell me and it's, you know, come between us. And Peter's like, obviously the secret is that he's Spider-Man, but Betty hates Spider-Man, so he can't tell her he's Spider-Man. So instead, he's just like, I'm going to try to make her hate me, generally. Mm-hmm. So that she just, it's better for her. That's a bad idea. Everybody else. Yeah, I mean, you could probably done a better, better job at Right. And, and I mean, I think that shows that Peter is not very good with the ladies, which we've known this. Um, the What I will say is, and we see more of this in the future issues, but um, these really start to give, in my opinion, an actually decent reason for why Peter and Betty don't work out. Because before, they just weren't working out because of, like, miscommunication and just really yeah. bad timing. But now it's like, okay, Betty doesn't want a person who is seeking danger or seeking the thrill or anything like that and he is spider-man and so they could never work and so it actually sells it to me that like they they wouldn't work out yeah i mean it's just even the later issues we're gonna get into he just goes about it in such a bad way yeah, oh and, he goes uh, about it in the worst way yeah but i think the reasoning makes a little more sense now and it's and it's the first time this is classic spider-man where he loves somebody and he is gonna pretty much distance himself from them because he knows if he gets close to them it's gonna gonna burn him. Which we meet somebody in the next issue. Which which that is something that I've uh, started that talked about quite a bit lately with Peter Parker and Mary Jane. I have a whole video on my channel talking about it. Um, and I think that there's a, a difference there where um, when Stan Lee writes Peter Parker, he distances himself from his loved ones because he doesn't want them to get in danger. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that a lot of modern writers get wrong is they have the loved ones distance themselves from Peter. Because of how he's treated, like, 
do you do you see what I mean with the yeah, difference there? Saying. Like yeah, they're like, oh, all his friends are mad at him, and I'm like, that no, no, they all want to be in his life. He's yeah. the one who's distancing himself, and I think they do that wrong nowadays but. because he feels like he has a responsibility. Going back to the, he's the too good of a person to just right. be a dick to all his friends and and exactly yeah. loves. So even though he's had his moments, it's usually. Um, under a lot of stress. Yeah, it's under stress or noble or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but all in all, issue 30, how would you rank this out of 10? Five. Yeah, I was going to say like five, six. It wasn't bad. It just, it was a filler issue, you know? Yeah, it was a cool cover. <laughs> yeah. I like cover. Nice cover. It's, it's an okay cover. Uh, you have this issue. I, I do not have this one. I got this um, right before we were going to do this. And I got it for, I think, a bit of $20. It's in horrible condition. It's barely attached. It's only attached by one stable. Horrible condition. Um, damn near fell apart when I read it. Um, but for 20 bucks, issue 30, well, why not? That's not bad. I would buy that. Why not? Yeah, why not? I do not. Why so not? I have none of the issues this week, which is a real shame on me as an Amazing Spider-Man collector because we have some, some big ones this week. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Especially if you now try to get a 33 just because of the cover it's insane yeah it's it's so. it's not so yeah one day and 31 is obviously a key issue which we're gonna dive into now uh maze Spider-Man 31 the first of a three-part storyline which will be the remainder of this episode this week um if this be my destiny this be my destiny so i have this one i do not because of its important first appearances yeah so this is the first appearance of gwen stacy uh and harry osborne Yes, and is it his first college issue as well? His first college issue, yeah. He starts college um, and meets Harry Osborne and meets Gwen Stacy, um, who artistically, Gwen Stacy looks a lot different than the look they kind of end up on yeah. for her, which I She's, thought was interesting. Um, I, don't want to, I don't know what to say the wrong, wrong thing here. I don't, I... Help me out here. She's drawn more... I don't know, I wouldn't even say less. She's not even drawn nerdy in the later issues, but... She's drawn more like Mary Jane and less like... Right, man, that's what I was trying to say. Carly um, Cooper. Like, she's more like, yeah. ooh, look how beautiful she is. and Flashy, less... I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, she's supposed to be like a model or whatever. Um, but right, obviously, yeah, you know, when you think of Spider-Man's girlfriends, what makes Gwen Stacy stand out is obviously her intelligence, so... Right. Um... But hey, you could be smart and pretty. No, you can, but I'm saying that's something that... I mean, I'm... I'm they I'm focus I'm on a, that I'm later... I'm a living example. They're they're alluding to that in these issues, but you don't really see it yet. Also, I heard that, ignored it, we're moving past it. The comments can disagree or agree with you, you know, we'll we'll see. At JP Creations if you wanna um <laughs> on on most so Well if it'd be my destiny. Are you gonna have thirst traps be smart on TikTok? And uh, one day, obviously. Okay, so follow him on TikTok at it's JP it's Creations. Only, it's only inevitable. I mean, time is ticking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, OnlyFans probably. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, um, makes sense. Makes sense. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> driver. All right. Um. So let's get into issue thirty-one. Yeah. Um. We already basically summarized it. First day of college. Uh, meets Harry. Meets Gwen. The big thing that's really going on in this specific issue and establishing the three-issue storyline is that Aunt May has been getting sick, and we've known this. Um, another example of Stanley starting to kind of weave his stories together. Um, 
And in this issue, Peter finally finds out about it. She passes out and goes to the hospital, and they're trying to figure out what's wrong with her. And so he's really stressed out about that. And because he's so stressed out about that, he makes a horrible first impression with all of his classmates. And they all think he's a stuck-up jerk. Um, and it starts to introduce the master planner and his henchmen. And who is he? We don't know. Either of us actually didn't know. We both didn't I did not know. know. Yeah. No. I um, did guess, though. And what was that? I, I guessed correctly. You guessed correctly? Um, I don't even think I guessed when I re was reading them. I was like... What did I think? I thought it was going to be something like, not, not the big man, but in that category of stuff. Like, so I think crime boss. it was started to lead up in this issue, right? And Oops, sorry. They're um, teasing like the master planner, but they won't reveal who it is. He's in this underwater base. And I think he says at some point, like, I've fought Spider-Man before. So you know it's some returning character. And when I read that, I was like, wait, is Dr. Octopus in these issues? Like, I don't, I didn't know he was in these issues. And he totally oh, is. Alert. It's him. When, I think we talked about one of the podcasts because I was looking at the covers of everything. He's not on the cover till like 50s. 55, 54, 55. 50, 53, I think. Oh, 53? Something like that. Um, and I think I said to you, like, he's not going to be there until 53. So when it was revealed that it was Agak, I was like, well, we, we, we got fooled. We, yeah. judged, we judged the books by its cover. So now we don't, we don't know we don't know when he's is it going to be this is his last couple issues he's going to be in until fifty three or fifty whatever I, I would guess probably so, yeah yeah just because I know what like based on right what yeah, 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 yeah yeah but um so I I had no clue what these this three issue thirty one through thirty three was about I knew that it had something to do with Aunt May being sick and obviously I know the iconic moment in thirty three but mm -hmm. I had no clue who the villain was or kind of what was going on so reading this was actually really really exciting for me I it was yeah, it was it new. Was fun. Um, it was a really cool opening too. I really liked how it just got right into the action with you know the heist with the helicopter and then the helicopter putting down um, what it was stealing down into the water and it has like an underwater you know base and everything. It was pretty cool. The scuba divers, pretty sick. Yeah, it was a cool opening. Um, yeah, no, it was. It definitely got right into the and immediately I recognized like their outfits from the last issue. So I was like, wait, yep. who are, these guys are like still around? What are they doing? So it caught your attention and like intrigue into the story. It was kind of funny. Remember uh, last time we saw Doc Ock, he was in a uh, octopus tank with a rebreather on, and now he's got an underwater base with the. They're, they're really guys. they're trying to lean into the octopus motif and i'm glad that's, i'm glad they eventually give up on that that's got to be why they put him in the water right and the yeah i mean it's smart generally but is that why they did it is because the whole octopus thing 100 percent. and i'm glad they didn't they mention that though they didn't mention it like that though no, it wasn't like I'm it, underwater. Wasn't, it wasn't as obvious as i will defeat you in my namesake's manner and diving i thought he was gonna do something like my secret base just as it should be as all octopus dens are <laughs> yeah, deep, no. deep in the sand. Not quite that stupid, but yeah. yeah. Dr. Octopus definitely gets uh, smarter as time goes on. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm, he, I'm he very, very excited for the future of his character in this series. Yeah, it's going to be fun to follow. Especially when he starts to get sick and all of that. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, in this issue is basically... Uh, was it this issue or last issue when we found out that Ned Leeds proposed to Betty Brand? I don't think that was even last issue. That may have been an issue before, right? I'm pretty sure it was one of these issues because I remember reading it. All right, then it was definitely it was definitely last issue then. Okay, yeah. So Ned Leeds proposed to Betty Brant, which we've we've talked about the cultural differences between the '60s and now, and how it's a little weird reading it. Uh, it's the '60s, man. Seemingly just liking a girl and then being like, "All right, so marry me." 
Uh, that's definitely a very 60s thing. Well, we can go have a Coke and <laughs> we can go have a marry Coke me. after school and uh, marry me. That's literally Which like such a fun thing to do after school. Like, you want to go have a soda? Like, yeah. I do. I do. That'd be fun. Yeah. I feel like it's probably but... because he couldn't write, like, a drink drink. Well, maybe, maybe back in the 60s they went and got soda, but, you know. I'll have to ask some older people. Yeah. I'll get back to you. That'll be my homework. Yeah. No, that's, that's the next. viewer's homework. Ask your grandparents, did they used to get soda after school? And if so, yeah. let us know in the comments or on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. But Grandparents? Man, my, my dad was born in the 60s. Yeah, born in the 60s, but they weren't, like, yeah. old in the 60s. Like, my parents were born in the 60s, but... Um, but no, yeah, like we, we've talked about that in one of the past episodes about how like dating in the sixties seemingly is not like an exclusive thing. Like Betty and Peter were kind of dating, but then she would also kind of date Ned and it seems like they just kind of have that like courting phase and then it's like, okay, marriage. You think it's, um, cause that, that would drive me crazy nowadays. What? You feel me? Culture has shifted so much, but I think the concept and we're going to go on like a slight tangent here. You think it's. You think it's because they don't have phones and stuff? So it's just like they don't know what anybody else is doing, generally? Maybe. But I also feel, just think about that. I feel like socially just the concept of like exclusive but not married is a relatively new concept in like the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like before that it was like I like you. We're going to go on three dates, and then if I decide I still like you, I'm going to propose. Like I feel like that's how people used to do it, whereas nowadays it's like you will date someone for years, oftentimes live with them, oftentimes do also – like I've lived with Reagan for three years before I proposed. Right. That was not a thing in the 60s. Yeah, no. And I think it really shows here when Ned Leeds is proposing to Betty Brant, and instead of being like, whoa, pump the brakes, she's like, oh, but what about Peter? Like if Peter, think, if so, Peter wasn't in the picture, I'd say yes immediately. Like, do you do you think it's really? Is it just a comic book? Or was it, there's no way it was actually like that back then. Even back then, I can't wrap my brain around that. Dude, I I'm pretty sure if you look up like Stanley telling the story of how he met his wife, I'm pretty sure he like met her, took her on a couple dates, and then they got married. Like it was a very maybe he's just different. I guess I don't know. Ask your grandparents. Did they drink soda after work? And did they get married after three days? I, I always hear like grandparents and stuff say like. I saw her and immediately knew I was going to marry this woman, but never it was like, and then the next day I asked her, like, <laughs> people be doing it, man. People be doing it. People be doing it nowadays too. And it never like usually ends up well nowadays, but people that get married back then are like, yeah, I've been married for 60 years. Like okay. different, different culture, man. I don't know. I don't know, but that's what I'm getting reading this. Um, well, I think Reagan just got home. Um, so that was kind of, yeah, speaking of which, uh, speak and she shall appear. Um, but that was pretty much the gist of this issue. Um, kind of, he fought with the henchmen and was starting to like learn of the master planner, but he didn't really follow up on it much. He was mostly worried about Aunt May and focused on that. Um, yeah, and so Harry, um, Harry doesn't like Peter to start out, even though they become friends. Yeah, and then they obviously do? my brain. So here we go. Obviously, my brain is in the future. Yours is stuck in. Uh, I'm stuck. Nineteen sixty-six or whatever it is now. Yeah, yeah. Um, watching in the same panel for the first time Peter, Gwen, and Harry, knowing what I know personally is like, this is just run, run, get away. This is the start of it all, and it's kind of sad almost. 
Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, Harry seems like a jerk, and Gwen seems like a real bombshell. Even though Gwen has come back in different ways, and she's going to again um, soon, um, she has really actually stayed um, deceased more than any comic character, really. Yeah, because I think because her death is so iconic, it's like you can't can't really undo it. You cannot, like, her death, is just as momentous to Spider-Man's character as Uncle Ben's. Totally, yeah. And so, like, you can bring... Like, they've brought Uncle Ben back for, like, a, an emotional scene or whatever, and I imagine that's what they're going to be doing with Gwen Stacy in a couple months, but it's like, you cannot bring her back permanently because that would just be such a detriment yeah. to his character and his history. Totally. Um, but So it is, in that way, I think a little sad because it's, like... She will die because of all this, of the person she's meeting today and her friend. I didn't think of it like that, man. Father. It, if, that he, she's if, talking to is going to do it. She wasn't so insistent on... Uh, yeah. Which I did think was a little funny, her thought. She's like, I just can't help but be attracted to him. I'm <laughs> like, is, that, is Peter that's Parker the, that attractive? Let's be real here. It's because he's getting, she's, he's uh, giving her the cold shoulder. That's not 60s. That's just straight she's up. She's attracted uh, to his brains. She's like, oh, he sure. got the science scholarship? No, he, he's just ignoring her. So she's like, all right. But I'm just no like, okay, that to me. maybe I'm enforcing some like stereotypes here. But like a woman that beautiful just seeing like the nerd wallflower walk in the room and be a complete jerk to everybody. And she's just like, I can't help myself. It's like, does he have spider pheromones? Like, what is going on here? This wasn't in the actual issue that I uh, read, because I read the actual issue, but I don't know if this is a printing mistake. But Harry's green, so that's foreshadowing. No, that's on my page, too. Really? I didn't, I didn't uh, notice that in... Uh, I don't know if it's just like an art choice or what. I don't think I saw it in the actual They did on, a, on the next page. They do it for some other people as well, so I think it's just... Oh, my bad. I'm sure it's fully foreshadowing, uh, 100%. His teeth are yellow, though. Okay. Even more Green Goblin. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, no, that, I was, was it was sad to see. It was sad because like, yeah, this is this the beginning of the end. I mean, it's gonna be multiple years before that happens, it's right? It's the beginning and, of the beginning before the end. Before the end, <laughs> we yes. have a ways to go, and I'm excited because I have read almost none of the comics from this point until yeah. her death. Uh, right. Other than spare like a few. So I have very, very limited reading of Peter and Gwen Stacy's actual relationship. Yep. Like, I know about it from knowing the history and things like that, um, and I know the major moments, but I'm actually really excited to experience it and read it and see kind of their progression, uh, and I will feel exactly the same once we get to Mary Jane. Um, it's going to be super awesome to see that form and, and develop. That's one of the reasons I'm really excited about this series. Um but uh, all in all, this issue, I would rate it, I'm going to give it a 7. I would do higher because it's the first appearance of Gwen Stacy and all this other stuff. But like, just purely from a reading perspective, story-wise, I thought it was good. It wasn't mind-blowing. It wasn't, you know, 9 or a 10. But I think a solid 7, I'd give it. Maybe 7.5. Right. I would, uh, I'd say 7. Solid 7. Or even 6.5. I mean, it was good, but we've seen better. It's good. It sets up. The only reason I'm rating it as high as I am is because it sets up the following issues really well. It does, um, yeah. And those issues are really good, and we'll dive into those. Um, 
but that's why I think it's a really good beginning to this three-part arc, and I think this is Stan Lee's best multi-part story so far, in my opinion. 100%, and it's, it's, it was really good, man. I mean, we'll talk about it after I guess I do the little thing, but this is how you do story arc. You don't even tell that a story arc is happening, you just let the reader kind of realize that each issue has been leading up to something, or you're in the middle of something, instead of, you know, nowadays this would have been Man Rampage Part 1 of 3, you know what I mean? And uh, there would have been a one-shot called Man of Rampage. Yeah, Man Rampage Spider-Man. Alpha. Alpha, black and white, blue, red. Yeah. That's where I think so. I think Marvel has gone away from that formula of, like, just keep the story contained within its own series. Like, tie-ins are good. Like, crossovers are good, but it should be a crossover story completely contained in that series um, yeah because my problem is when i'm reading spider-man and now i gotta read like a king and black tie-in it's like if i'm not picking up king and black it just completely yeah. interrupts the story i'm reading um, right. and one of the things that's really cool about ongoing comic books that go back 50 years is like it's one continuous story um and i think this is when they really started to do that because like the first few first 20 issues 30 issues we were reading was like mostly one-offs right yeah then they started to have like two-parters and there were some like connecting narratives and then now we're getting to the point where it's like fully connected um multi-part stories that follow you know like aunt may's sickness which we're diving into issue 32 at this point aunt may's sickness is because of the blood infusion that she got from peter parker back in like issue 20 something that's really cool I mean, yeah, I, I wonder if Stan, back when back when he was writing that original issue, when the blood print, I can't speak, transfusion thing happened, I wonder if he was like, I'm going to use this later, oh, or he if he just kind of thought about to. that, thought back to it. I'm pretty sure they even said in that issue, Peter was like, oh, what could this do? Like, this could do something bad. And then since then, we've been, you know, building up that Aunt May hasn't been feeling well. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed. I didn't see it. Like, I didn't even think of that as the reason why. I just thought she was another old. thing. I don't know if this is like the third or only the second time that Aunt May's gotten sick. I feel like she's definitely gotten sick quite a bit prior, quite prior. A bit. But this, you could have said, "Oh, she's getting sick again." Okay, she's gonna feel better in a couple of days. This was an actual. He needed to do something, otherwise, she was probably gonna just die, right, or go into a coma. Yeah. Um, for who knows how long. So it was a bit different, and there was a lot more stakes to it, which yeah. was nice. So that was a nice change, even though you're gonna do something like, "Okay, Aunt May's sick again." It was a nice change of pace, and it was, um, again, I'm going to say it, classic and Spider-Man story. We get to see desperate Spider-Man. Uh, first of all, I got to just say this cover. Like, people talk about the cover for 33. I got to say, the cover for 22 is awesome. I think it's better. Well, okay. I would agree. I would it's, agree. 33 is more I iconic. Even, it's a more iconic, right? This one's sick. Just him, like, I love for whatever reason, whenever, before I read this, I always thought it was outside. I don't know why. Yeah. But now that I read it, he's inside. He... So pretty much what happens, right? Okay, so we learn that Aunt May's sick because of the, uh, the transfusion with Peter's blood. Mm-hmm. He goes to Dr. Connors, who is no longer the lizard, which I think was really cool. I really like how they brought him in, mm-hmm. not as a lizard. He's now in New York, convenience. And uh, he goes to Doc Connors and says, listen, I need you to help me with a, you know, a friend that um, uh, has radioactivity or radiation in their blood, right? Is that, that what's going on here? Yeah. Um, and there was a new. There's a new radioactive chemical that can help them. So he he gets shipped there. But obviously, Dagak, who is the master planner, wants all this radioactive gear so he can rule the world. 
and he sees a shipment coming into New York, so he goes to do a heist on it. Very, brings up the heist uh, men. Coincidence. Yeah, great coincidence. And Spider-Man literally you talk about rampage is the right word. He goes off the wall, man. He is ripping everything apart. You know, he, he is going to every hideout looking for Doc Ock. Or he doesn't know it's Doc Ock at this point, the master planner. Yeah. Um, to see where he is and to get this vial of of uh, what the, I don't know what they called it, but this 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 chemical back to yeah. Doctor Connors so he can make uh, an antidote for Aunt May. Yeah. And then um, the issue ends with him getting stuck under rubble. Right. Yeah, stuck under rubble. Can't get out. He's trapped. What happened to Doc Ock in this? So so wait. So he gets to the end of the, of the, the base. Uh huh. And. Spider-Man's ripping everything apart. Things start falling on him. He's trapped under a bunch of machinery. But Doc Ock's in the room, pretty much locked in the room with him, and his henchmen are at, like, another side of the door or just another part of the base. I don't know what happened to Doc Ock. As no one does. And that's one, one thing I really liked is they kind of leave it as, like, a did Doc Ock die as well? Because the last time we see him is him going, like, you fool, it'll kill us both, and all the rubble falls. Um, so... You know, as a reader back in the 60s, I'm thinking, oh, is Doc Ock dead or did he live? And then I imagine down the line when he reappears again, we'll probably get some explanation for how he survived. Can we take bets on what they show us, how he uh, survived? I feel like he's he going to swim out of the base, octopus style. He's going to just, there's going to be a hole. Oh, just by luck. And then he's going to swim out. Yeah, something like that. Um but no, I loved this issue. Seeing Peter fantastic. go just like gloves off, like I, desperation. The, honestly, what I was thinking the entire time I was reading this um, storyline was like, this would be an awesome Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to see this Spider-Man movie. Obviously, it's not going to happen in the MCU because Aunt May is not around anymore, so we can't really do that. Um, I do feel like we kind of got this after Aunt May died in No Way Home. Like, you got to see Peter really go, like, rough on Green Goblin. Uh, and this was kind of similar. Like, he was just not playing around. And it was almost like the beginning of a villain arc. Like, he was like, yep. why shouldn't I just beat the living crap out of you, crooks? Um, and yep. if Aunt May had died, I feel like his character might have gone in a really different direction. Even here. when he goes to, he goes to, um, it was Foswell. It was, yeah, still Foswell. He goes to Foswell and says, I know you still have ties in the underworld. You know, get me information on where the master planner is and, and what he needs. And he goes, you know, you, I could be a really great friend or a really great enemy. And then he leaves. Like, that's, <laughs> he's slipping, man. That's some, some tough. And what we were talking about with the cover, this man rips a staircase out of the ground. You want to talk about feats of strength? I know we're getting to next issue. He ripped a staircase out of the ground with like three guys on it. Like that is tough, dude. And that's yeah, why it's like, on the cover and it's a dope panel. Like they're trying to escape and he just goes, no, and just rips up a freaking staircase. That I is think cool. As, as he's doing it, he's like, I'm, I'm tired of playing with kitty gloves with you punks. He's ripping a staircase out of the ground. And yeah, and I, literally one of the gangsters is like, he, he ripped out the whole blamed staircase. <laughs> like, yeah, I would throw my gun down too after that. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? It just shows me? you how much that he's actually holding back. You know, ninety eight percent of the time. Yeah, like he he really can do some crazy things. Um, but then yeah, he he goes to the Doc Ock's um hideout in the ocean. 
um, and fights with him, which I was I was very pleased to see that because I love Doc Ock and I did not expect a, him to be in these issues at all. So seeing another fight scene with him was pretty cool. And uh, I don't think he, he's wearing a similar. I always like to look at costumes. He's wearing and the green tights now. He's wearing the it's green tights now. It's not like green, you know, sweatsuit. And the goggles. You gotta have the goggles. Yeah, you gotta have the goggles. Uh, I am excited to see why he gets that yellow and orange. I don't know why. I guess the yellow and orange suit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a classic Doc Ock, I think. He changes this it point. up, you know? He's stylish. I like, I, I like how he changes it up. I like that. Um, But what I will say about the ending of this issue is this was definitely, like, of all of the cliffhangers that they've done in this book, like when Spider-Man was about to get unmasked with Green Goblin and the Crime Master and, like, all the stuff like that, Um, this one was genuinely, like, raised the stakes to a point where i was like holy crap i know this is gonna go well but i'm excited to read the next year like trapped under rubble rooms filling with water aunt may's on the verge of death like he has to get the serum and get out like the stakes truly were high enough which is i think what made the beginning of the next issue so iconic and when i was reading this i was like wow this isn't really ending great you know this is not a good ending it's not it's not even an ending it's a cliffhanger but i was thinking like damn if i was reading this back when it came out and i had to wait a month i would be like damn i had to like carry not knowing what's gonna go on for a month it's not even like a tv show when they end you in a cliffhanger usually you see what happens in the next week unless it's like a mid-season finale or finale right but right um I would, that would have sucked having to wait a month to read the next issue and then which, the, the next issue is labeled the final chapter the so chapter. i'm thinking this is the last issue of spider-man like he's gonna die or whatever like the stakes are truly high but before we get ahead of ourselves with issue 33 where do you wh- what do you rank in 32 i just have to be like an 8 8.5 it was good i enjoyed it i would easily say an 8.5 or a 9 yeah i don't even it, don't scoff it was at it was probably my favorite out of this episode oh uh, yeah definitely like, I, I loved seeing him go on the rampage, and there were so many cool moments. The, the yeah. staircase is the highlight for me. Like, I'm sorry. That's, 100%. It's, it's just so cool. But, uh, so, yeah, I think we both rate that one pretty high. I will say one more thing. Oh, if I didn't have notes, I would have completely forgot about this. At some point, when they're fighting, Doc Ock says, you know, something, something to someone who's superior than you. Oh, I did notice that. I noticed that, yeah. So we're establishing the superiority complex that Dr. Octopus has towards Spider-Man. Do you think that's, uh, that's the exact quote that uh, made on was a dance lot? Named it Superior Spider-Man? Uh, I, I mean, I think that that kind of continues in Doc Ock's character. I think that quote established his superiority complex. Um, and then I think throughout the following comics, like I think other creators are like, yeah, Doc Ock yeah. thinks he's superior to everyone. And so then it kind of became ingrained with his character to make sense for Superior Spider-Man down the line. Um, so I think that cool. established it for sure. Right. First mention of it, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, but diving into the last issue for this episode, uh, Amazing Spider-Man issue number 33. Now, I'm sure you all know the cover. It's an iconic, iconic. Ooh, what am I doing? Revealing state secrets over here. Uh, iconic cover of Spider-Man trapped under the rubble. Um, very iconic moment. Obviously, uh, the scene in Spider-Man Homecoming was loosely based off of this. Absolutely based, probably. Loosely. Um, obviously, the story around it was not the same, but the moment oh. was obviously trying to capture the same um, concept. Um, but it starts with him being trapped under the rubble. And 
escaping mm-hmm. through he inhuman escapes. feats of strength. He escapes through thinking about how he can't fail Aunt May, like he thinks he failed Uncle Ben, which was a theme also in the last issue as well. And um, I never thought that, that, that... Okay, so I never read this issue, so I was trapped in the rubble, but the, the vial of the chemical that he needs to save Aunt May is like just out of reach yeah. for him as well. So he's like staring at that the whole time. So it's like Aunt May, you know, Uncle Ben, and just this vial. that gives him the, you know, the pure strength to just like lift this machinery up escape with the vial he hurts his leg i'm pretty sure so he doesn't break his leg so he must have strained it he must have pulled a muscle mm-hmm. right that's gonna be my guess done that before it's not fun um i guess the vial immediately brings it back to uh connor's so connor's is back once again second yep. issue yep. Uh, who's been waiting for him and uh well first actually i skipped the whole thing where he absolutely um annihilated the rest of the crew. He struggled for a little bit, though. He did. Which showed how t- yeah. exhausted he was from lifting the rubble. Not only that, but he said lifting the rubble and how he's literally not slept the past, like, couple days. Yeah. With that man in the hospital and everything going on. This is... The thing that I love about Spider-Man and Spider-Man stories, um, which I'm going to go on a slight tangent here, but we have time. We're, we're ahead of schedule. Uh... My favorite Spider-Man story is obviously, you know, he's he's known for being down on his luck, having the odds stacked against him and, like, facing it with courage despite that. But I love watching him really just put through the grinder, right? Like, when he has not slept in days and he's exhausted and he's trying to fight off these henchmen and get back to Aunt May in time, you know? Some of my other favorite Spider-Man stories is, like, Maximum Carnage, where he doesn't sleep for, like, multiple days in a row and his ribs are broken and he's still continuing to fight on. Um, Or one of my favorite Spider-Man stories that's ever been written. It was in, uh, I think it was, like, 700.4 or something. Like, one of those one-offs when during Superior Spider-Man when they did, like, five Peter Parker stories. And it was literally, there was a snowstorm in New York, and the power went out, and Aunt May was sick with the flu, and he needed to get to her home to just, like, check on her. Uh, and he was he was also sick, and he was, like, swinging through the city in the middle of this snowstorm, like, desperately trying to get there. Those are just the best stories. When you see how he just pushes through it all, I feel like that, to me, defines Spider-Man as a character. Yeah, 100%. He's just ruthless ruthless and just the courage and the willpower to push through like he has to save aunt may so he's gonna lift this impossible weight that's on his back and then fight his way through a bunch of henchmen despite not having sleep and hurting his leg and all this other stuff like he always fights through adversity and i think that's um what makes him such a good hero well he's he's literally letting himself get beat up so he can not move for a little bit and just regain strength to the butts yeah and i love the panel just... where it, it like the panels slowly zoom in on him and he's just like i won't give up i won't i won't i won't and then the next panel he's just like this and all of them are on the floor like <laughs> he kept swinging he, he triumphed but... but he was doing a little blindly um and, and the water started filling up too so that's what happened too before this is the water started filling up and he let the uh, water take him and dodge in the debris and somehow they even got scuba divers down there to try to get him. And they were just waiting for him to come out of the water and kick his butt. And he was like, ah. Odds were deal with these guys now. stacked against this guy. Just almost drowned and now he's going to do all this. But, like you said, he 
got through it. He got through it and he immediately went back to uh, Doc Connors, who started making the antidote with him. And uh, he needed a sample of his own blood to test to see if it would work. And he's pretty much like, listen, Connors, I'm going to explain everything to you. Don't worry. He never explained anything to him. <laughs> he said another day. Another day. So maybe, I mean. We'll see. When is Kurt Connors going to appear again? I don't know of any lizard issues in the 40s of this series. Uh, so who knows? I guess we'll find out. Maybe we'll explain everything. Maybe he'll be in it before then, because I had no idea he was in this. So Maybe maybe this is something where he's like, wow, I actually got that you know, antidote to work. You know, Maybe I can get the lizard to work thing to work again, and then he turns himself back to the lizard. What's, what's really cool is, like, we, you know, you mentioned that it was, it was cool that Kurt Connors showed up, and I agreed. Um we're really starting to establish this, like, Spider-Verse. You know right. what I mean? Like, these characters that are coming back, like, Kurt Connors is around, and JJ's there, and Betty, and Aunt May, and, like, all these characters, it's really starting to establish, like, a living, breathing narrative world. world. Yeah. Right. That's pretty cool. I really like that. And uh, I'm, I'm sure this whole story arc is going to play into him coming become the Lizard again. I'd be surprised if it didn't. Probably will, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's i didn't even think about that your 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 idea of like ah, i made it work like i can yeah. maybe he'll ask spider-man to help him with it or something i don't know yeah who knows? it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be cool to see it's gonna be cool to see because now he's in new york so lizard might be rampaging through new york which is always a fun sight yep yep him in the sewers has movie. lizard appeared since his first appearance no right that's it's been even, a while it even says in uh in this issue it was like you know uh he turned himself into a lizard in issue six question mark right <laughs> because it was so long ago yeah because yeah i'm now that i think about it, like it has been a while and it's i mean cool. i guess the lizard generally only shows up like very periodically but it's not like the scorpion who's going to be gone for forever right right um but you know uh and then uh peter finally figures out the right um the right way to make betty give up on him uh, which was he was all beaten up from his fight at the Daily Bugle, and he's like, oh, I, I got beat up by some people trying to get photos, but I love it. I love this job. So then she's like, oh, he's a trouble seeker. I can't have anything to do with him. And then... Uh, it works, you know. It worked. It, it did work. But then where does Flash come into this? Oh, that's later in the story. Or not Flash. Um... Oh, yeah. Ned Leeds. Comes to this later in the story, right? That whole uh, thing happens later. Uh, I think that was last issue, where right. where Ned Lee is like, "Hey, buddy, you should." Yeah, uh, we skipped that whole thing. These, these issues are like one A, one one B, kind of. So. Yeah, they all kind of blend together. Yeah, um, because that was a horrible way to deal with it. Peter just kind of trying to beat up some other guy just to yeah. make a hate at you, which she saw through in that other. Issue. She was like, "I know your tricks," but. She, she saw through it, which, like, credit to her, but also, I mean, Peter also kind of doesn't like Ned Leeds anyway, so I, I, I can see why he would decide to do that as his solution. Yeah, but that worked, like you said, and it seems like, I'm sure we'll see some lingering things continue with them, him and Betty, but um, it seems like this whole 32-33 kind of ended their relationship. Yeah, you know, I don't know why, but I feel Thanks. like Peter might be moving on soon. Yeah, then moving on again. Uh, he'll have a little trouble moving on. I tell I, you, it was sad, dude. It was, I tell you, it was sad. It's a sad thing. I gotta say, like, first of all, before we kind of wrap up our thoughts, I would rate this issue as like an eight. If I put yeah, the last I issue do. as eight point five, I'd put this as an eight. 
Um, but what I want to say to kind of close out my thoughts on these issues and this podcast, obviously, as we're, we've come back to it after a month's, multiple months long hiatus, these issues specifically got me really excited to keep going reading yep. this series because we're hitting a turning point now in the Amazing Spider-Man run. Like we've we saw the foundations established. I feel like thirty-one. The first day of college, like, that's the transition to the new era, right, where we're going to meet Harry Osborn and Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane will be showing up soon and Norman Osborn and all of these characters are going to be coming. And I am so excited to see Peter and Gwen start dating and leading into 121 and what's going to happen then and, like, seeing the fallout after that. Yep. Like, these are all comic books that I have never read. Uh, I'm very excited to see all of that happen. I think contrary to general belief, this is now where we get to see the Spider-Man most people know of. Yeah. You know, he, again, he was in high school for 30 issues. Most people think he's a high school kid always, you know. And um, Anyone who's read the comics, that's not the right. case. It's not the case. And this is obviously, he's not in high school anymore. He started college. He's meeting. He's met two new, very important characters. And uh, they said, yeah, it's definitely a turning point. I think here on out, there's going to be more storylines than ever. Yeah. Um, not only just, you know, there's two issues with the Lizard, right? 44 and 45, right? Or mm -hmm. 45 and 46 or whatever. I, there's going to be more, more storylines and expect them to be a lot, a lot. Oh, there goes my dog. I can't be, I can't be, I can't be a podcast. Almost made it an entire uh, episode. Mark King. Okay. Almost made it an entire episode without the cameo. Uh, Man. She, she just knows, she knows when she needs to pop up. Right? Yeah, it's great. Love it. Um, yeah, it's going to be a turning point. It's going to really start to see more storylines that I think grow Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yeah. We're going to see some really important moments in his history. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we already have, but we're going to see more. I feel like there's going to be a lot of just classic, you know, double-digit Spider-Man kind of feeling, feeling story, you know? Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Um, and we'll say, like, I agree with you where, like, this is – the Spider-Man that I feel like most people think of. Um, what's interesting is this is also the era of Spider-Man that we're about to see in the MCU, right? Like, he is out of high school now and going into his kind of college years, so we're going to be seeing that, hopefully, in the MCU. Um, not, It's not my personal favorite era of Spider-Man. We'll be getting to that when he's married to Mary Jane and, and living in, you know, the 90s era of comics is my personal ultimate uh, version of Spider-Man, but this is a very uh, dare I say '90s Spider-Man. Feel like we're gonna get that type of feeling because '90s Spider-Man was more mature, kind of like oh, understood, super mature, yeah, understood what he's gotta do. He was he's not a kid necessarily, which he's still 18. But I think we're gonna be starting to get into that more. We're gonna sure, get to see that transition. Yeah, exactly. That's what. Which yeah. like if we're if we're breaking this up into eras right like we have the college era now and then and that's like the 70s uh, uh when these were published and then we're going to get into the 80s and that's when it introduces like the black suit black cat gang wars and things like that uh, and then get into the 90s which i am so excited for so if you want to join us along for this journey through the history of spider-man uh gonna plug the show here subscribe f follow on spotify apple Podcasts, google podcasts uh, our socials are on the youtube video you can see them down below our face cams uh to go and follow us there and see future episodes as they come out 
You were I also we forgot to yeah we um we forgot to mention that Ma actually got saved. We put them on a cliffhanger. Ma oh. was fine. Ma still is fine. Don't worry. And there was she one more thing I got to die. mention. One thing I got to mention on the uh, spider webs on issue thirty-two. Um, there's a picture of a cosplay the lizard, and it's absolutely incredible. On the oh, on the like no, mail. On the on the mail. Yeah, I gotta see issue, this. Uh, I gotta see this. Oh, I don't have my digital version. Doesn't have the spider's web. Thirty-two or thirty-three. <laughs> It's 32. Oh, man. Mine doesn't have that for some reason. Maybe they don't have, like, the rights to show that picture or something. Did you see that one, though? That's, like, I can kind of insane. See, yeah. What is that? I think it's It's incredible. It's pretty great. I like I like the people who are doing that. cosplaying since the 60s. Since the 60s. I would love to, be, like, meet that person. Now? Not, not now. Back then. Yeah, back then, but also now. Like, also they're now, probably, yeah. if they're alive, uh, they're probably very old. Wonder if they still have uh, pieces of it. Maybe. Yeah. I'd, buy, I'd buy that. I'd put it on the wall. I'd get the comic, and then like have it open to that page, framed next to the the costume. I think it would be really cool to. I don't know. It must be. It must have been a wild thing to be a fan of this stuff back then. Yeah. As it was coming out. Imagine having been a fan of these then, now. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, like I can say that I've picked up every, every Spider-Man issue off the shelf since, like, 666, right? Like, oh, I remember when Superior Spider-Man started, but, like, imagine being like, oh, yeah, I remember when the Lizard came out. Yeah. There's a guy on YouTube like that. He was talking about where he used to get the books, and then he picked up AF-15, like, you know, off the rack, and would go get one, two, and... And I don't know his name off the top of my head, but people talk about you know like in this age of in this age of, of crypto and NFTs, people talk about trying to get like easy money. Imagine just getting millions of dollars for twelve cents. Like yeah, but how do you, you never you, you, ne you, you never know. But that's one of the things I'm always conscientious of when I go to the comic store every Wednesday. Is I see a comic book and I go like, these can be worth money someday. Like there are comic books that I bought off the shelf three years ago that are worth like thousands of percents more now than they were yeah. like i've made profit on them uh and that's why comics are amazing and that's why we love them so much and we are going to keep doing the show and reading through them but that is about it for this episode we are clocking in at about an hour so we kind of nailed Perfect. it on the the, the it only took now. us like eight episodes to do this yeah yeah we're still learning seven i think this is seven seven i don't seven. know i think i think just as he's starting to transition i think we are starting to transition as well yep yeah. So it's perfect. Yeah, it works. Uh, out. We did it all for the storyline. So hundred uh, percent. But uh, we're, I mean, we're professionals, obviously. But well, I mean, come on, look at my lighting. Aside from that, yeah, we lending game is on fleek this episode. Just throwing that out there. Shout out. Um, Shout out. But yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, if you did enjoy this episode, go ahead and hit that like button on YouTube, or make sure you give it a review on whatever yes. podcast platform you listen to. Five star, four star, whatever you think is fair. I certainly think it's five star podcast. But and that's tell. Your friends, tell your parents. Again, if I'm out here telling my dentists and, and my physical therapist about the podcast, I think you can go tell your mom about it as well. If you know any friends or loved ones who maybe like the Spider-Man movies, like the Marvel movies, but have never read the comic books and they've always kind of thought about getting into it, this is the perfect show to recommend to them because we are going to actually take you guys along the journey of Spider-Man's history. So tell your friends, tell your family. It really, really goes a long way to helping us a lot because we just want to share this with a lot more people. So if you can do that, appreciate you. 
Uh, but that is going to be us signing off. Thank you and good night. We will see you guys in the next one. Peace out. Bye.